Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Well, hello, everybody. It is Friday, January 28th, 2022, and my name is Paul Favor. I'm here with my ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn, and this is the Pineland Podcast uh, operating somewhere deep inside Pineland. It's the Pinelander Podcast. I didn't have, I need to have another pool in my Red Bull. But uh, today we're having a special. It's always a special. It's every every yeah, every Friday. Every but Friday. Every special. Friday it's a special. If you guys didn't know that, and uh, today we have one of our blacksmith um, original original blacksmith authors, Charlie Tilton. Uh, he author. is yeah. He is the author of Confederate Black Ops: The Untold Story of the Confederate Clandestine Service, uh, Services and Aggie Jokes. Welcome, Char- Charlie. You man, you, Charlie, you have been with us since the beginning, brother. Yeah, he's yeah. a plank holder. Don't be telling. <laughs> hey, that's right. Don't be telling no none of them stories either. Now that I stuff's mean, all top secret. I'm not sure if I'm a plank holder, but I'm definitely one of those guys. Just kind of holds on to the log during log PT. <laughs> you know, just like oh, I'll just make it look like I'm holding it until you know the evaluator comes around, then I start making faces. So I think that's been my my process for you guys in the beginning. Yeah. We've, we've definitely stood in some draws together and we've seen yeah. <laughs> some horrible ambushes together. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I, I still honestly believe that SUT would make the best uh, reality show in in the world as we talked about, because the things you see in the, I mean, and, and I've even had students, you know, since I've been back, you know, a group that are that remember. And I'm like, I have no idea. I don't remember yeah. that happening. It's, it's crazy. They and remember come up uh, and us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Department of Defense yeah. would never allow that on yeah. air, but, man, that would be some rich content. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh it would be great. I mean, it's just like guys going, you know, I, I've had guys mention, you know, Paul and Mike, you know, older guys older than me, and they're like, Paul a favor is what? <laughs> Mike Blackford is what? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're still alive, man. Yeah. yeah. Like JD, like JD Cobbler. Oh, oh my man. goodness, JD! Man, we were telling stories <laughs> about JD Cobbler. Like, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks back on the podcast, and uh, yeah, I mean JD. I mean he's he's a legend. He's been out there forever. I mean he's probably still running around the woods someplace out there. Yeah, yeah, Charlie. If uh, I was saying this the other day, and your name came up, I don't know if your ears Uh-oh. are burning, but I said. Um, I was looking out at Camp McCall and all the pines swaying in the in the wind, and I thought, you know, <laughs> what sordid tales the forest would tell if they could talk. And uh, oh, and, I, and I thought about you know the days we used to uh, you know run in the run in the woods there and chase students. I mean, train students. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's great that uh, you know we have that history together and. Uh, you know, I'm glad that uh, you're part of this this uh, team. Oh, really. oh yeah, thank you guys. I mean, if, if I can, one of my favorite stories with with you, Paul. 
Oh, great. Uh, was, uh, well, it, it was, yeah, it was one of those where the, uh, yeah, right there where the, was it the Bailey Bridge, and the water was extremely high, and we had Joe up on the road, of course, for med coverage, and uh, I swam across to the other side, and you being six foot one million, uh, you, <laughs> it came up to about, if I remember correctly, around your shoulders. Yeah. So you found one of those concrete pillars, and you stood on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So then when the students were on the other side, they were like, oh, it can't be that deep. Mr. LeFevre is so tall. It was at your shins, and your stick had that had that curve on the end, and students were were going in there, and bloop, they would bloop, start bloop. floating, and you would just you would grab them with your stick and just pull them to the center. Come here, little Padawan. <laughs> yeah, those were the days, man. Oh. Yeah, and, and then as... Mike just, I mean, Mike just trained the heck out of myself and, you know, Josh Howard. Oh, good night. <laughs> Mike, Mike would be like, "Hey, just bring. We're not going to walk to the trucks. Just bring them down here. We'll ambush them." <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's that's, that's back now. That's back when Paul was actually a you know a nicer instructor, if you will. I mean, if you, I, I was afraid that you might be pulling up some of them old stories oh, back when. No, I, I, I just back I back when Paul were, was in the dark side. Yeah, I, when, before when he was still a Sith Lord. But that's yeah. right. You know, I, yeah, those 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 stories are those stories yeah. are crazy. Before one of the guys like me, you know, took off his mask and saw his inner eyes, and then we did the cel- celebratory burning of his body and had all the Ewoks dancing around. That's hey, right. hey, uh, Charlie, I have to tell you this too, uh, and I think it's only appropriate since we've, we're exposing at e- each other. Uh, the guy that uh, you had. Uh, with the lightsaber, and I think it was like a, a fishing rod or something. Oh yeah, yeah. That, well, that, found, yeah. that guy came back through. He got himself to you know his stuff together, and he actually did really well. So I just wanted, That's awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, back then he needed to to go get himself squared away, and he knew it, and he acknowledged that. Uh, but yeah, he he told me about the story, and I was like, it was so vivid. Yeah, because <laughs> he was the kid who kept losing his weapon. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. punishment fits the crime. It's okay. And and good. you found the broken fishing pole at Little Muddy and picked it up and started swinging it around. Yeah, and so like when a, he like saw a cavalier, that, yeah, he's like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we you can always count on SF guys to get very creative with uh, oh, yeah. discipline. Well, the, well, well, Charlie. The reason why we actually had you as a guest today, um, let's just get yeah. back to the let's get back to your book here, um, yeah. Confederate Black Ops. I mean, how did how did this thing come about, man? What, what made you think about writing this book? Yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, like you know, when we first talked with you guys, I had no, you know, who in the right mind would ever think that I'd write a book because you know, even even as a history major, I despise writing papers. So uh, my son, Cooper, there's that store there in, uh, I guess they're all over right now, but, you know, right there in North Carolina um, or in uh, Fayetteville, mm-hmm. Ollie's, where they have like discount stuff, you know, and you can buy things. And he, it was when he was a toddler and he was really into books. So we were getting him some books and then I said, pick one out for daddy. And that's why that, you know, is in the, you know, the dedication. Yeah. And he literally picked up a book that had a ship on it. Uh, so I read that book and uh, I thought it was going to take me a while. And I read it in two days because it was just interesting. And because like, as you guys know, you know, with us, it's there's got to be more to it. This just isn't it. 
you know yeah. what what else is there it just, it just doesn't end with that it's like any any revolutionary tale or a revolt or uprising there's something that happened there's got to be more and so i just started as you know as we've all alluded to you know green berets we do our job but we're all nerds about something you know whether it's the guy who <clears throat> you know like like me and you guys who researches the heck out of stuff and has their own personal library and we lock ourselves away because we're just trying to find answers or the guy you know who you know paints little figurines and does dungeons and dragons like one of my old echoes <laughs> did you know i mean we all have our thing right <laughs> so uh it, it was just that it was just trying to find that out and then you know i went full full nerd on it and then just started you know researching it and trying to find stuff out and that's why i found out you know that the you know the we were using the tactics from the confederacy during the cold war which just blew my mind you know, yeah. you know, and that was on the, you know, the, the uh, CIA website, you know, their little story about it all. And, and it just blew my mind and the, the commonalities, you know, of everything as like in the book with, you know, the, uh, the Jedbergs, right, during World War Two that were there, you know, they had their communications guy, saboteur, and their officer, right, who's, who's usually an American and then, but kind of find out the confederacy founded that hmm. you know and they, they were the ones that were actually doing that and there were just so many commonalities between them and us it, it I was i couldn't believe it and, and the stuff we teach and that that's why when i had that you know once you guys uh published a book i you know bought some and put them in you know i asked other cadre when i moved over to robin sage um and they were all about it and we put them in there as reference material for the students and then the students were actually able the echoes used some of the stuff in there especially the echoes those nerds and uh you know just people the students were diving into it and it was just something different than you know we we always teach the same stuff we always teach about you know che Hever, you know or we you know something like that but to me it's 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 our history regardless of your your feelings about it you know whether north or south or indifferent it's it's our history and you know it it just adds more to it than you know learning about someone else's history and trying to make it make sense yeah because it's yeah because it's really it's it's really like um i don't know it's when you when you're talking about american military history um it's sort of like when it comes to the confederacy it's like well just disregard that don't worry about that i mean it's it sort of has to flow always through the union side uh, and then and then continue on as if the Confederacy anything the Confederacy did was somehow evil or something, which is which is right. kind of nonsensical. Um, but I remember when you were putting this together, because um, the, the amount of information that you were really pulling up. I mean, you had to make some hard cuts and kind of decide what you put in the book and what you didn't. Um, Correct, because you were really uncovering a lot of really fascinating untold stories uh, for that that period of history. <laughs> Right. And then that's when, you know, I, th I think it was like, uh, you know, and it's kind of like the, you know, the stuff we learn, or, you know, whether in regular life or just, you know, in soft period, you know, like I had Dr. Whatever, I think Dr. C, you know, and then this other, you know, primary source talks about this doctor who, and the other primary source just listed him as Dr. C to protect his identity, but then this other primary source actually lists his name. 
and the stories are the same. And there's nothing that ever talked about that guy, you know, or, or ever put that together. And that's, you know, and then, you know, to get to the end of the book, you know, with the whole assassination area. And that's why, it, you know, it, it built along. It told the story of how everything was created. And then my interpretation of exactly, you know, how the assassination plot, you know, um, you know, came about and, and so on and so forth with Operation mm-hmm. Retribution and so forth. Yeah. Well, the naval history, I always thought, I mean, I, I, I kind of figure, I mean, everyone kind of figures the normal sort of, I mean, run-of-the-mill espionage, message trafficking, uh, intel gathering. I mean, everyone sort of, you know, that's not really that surprising to folks and, and how that worked. But the really big piece of this book, too, is just all of the naval uh, involvement and in, in what the Confederacy was doing trying to get ships uh, built and um, the close ties between uh, the United Kingdom and Britain and, uh, and the Confederacy. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was one of the coolest things was – you know, diving into it and finding, you know, it's, it's, it almost, it's almost the same as, you know, the, uh, you know, the Lend-Lease Act, you know, of the, you know, the thirties and forties right there, you know, especially like, you know, Great Britain, you know, during, during it's, uh, you know, with Churchill and, and, and everything going on there with, you know, you know, the gathering storm and, and so on and so forth, you know, him trying to get, Hey, old FDR, where's that stuff you gave us? You know, their darkest hour. Hey, where's all these things you promised us? You know, and then, you know, everybody's seen the movie or what have you. You know, he's like, hey, we could get them to you, but you got to take horses to bring them across. Hmm. You know, that way it's, it's, you know, bring them into Canada and then they're, then they're all yours. You know, it's almost along the same lines where England, it, England's like, hey, we'll help you out, but we don't want anybody to know we're helping out. Kind of like France did with the, you know, with us in the American Revolution. You know, hey, we're helping you out, but we're not really going to help you out. We'll send the marquee over there, you know, just like the British Senate, you know, advisors, right? Uh, you know, just like they, they sent over, and they're just, they were waiting for that one win, you know, to be like, okay, we'll give you our flood support because they knew what happened in the end, and then in the end it came and bit them in the butt because they had to pay reparations to the U.S. government. But, you know, it was just interesting to see how that whole whole thing worked, that whole entire you know, network that they built in England, you know, in Liverpool and who was actually involved and so on and so forth uh, was, was really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit because I uh, was, you know, fortunate enough to be able to sit in one of your presentations. Um, you know, when you, when you've talked about, uh, especially the Naval aspect of the Confederacy, which is uh, really fascinating stuff. Um, what, what, else, what are the, part of that book did you find kind of really interesting that was kind of like even unknown to you when you were researching it that you were kind of like man uh i mean i I guess for me it'd have to be you know when there there are different methods of sabotage you know and you know being in being in you know an instructor we all think we know we we all you know especially soft and and people get it confused between sabotage and subversion we think it's the exact same thing Right. Because the two almost coincide together. And just to see like the ingenuity and creativity, you know, that the Confederacy came up with, you know, like put in, you know, the coal bombs. Right. And in the trains, you know, to blow up the boilers, you know, uh, things like that, um, you know, was really really stood out to me because it's, you know, it's it's the same thing that 
modern revolutionaries do you know how how do we do this or you know for it's the same thing that we experienced you know when you know in the beginning of you know the iraq war right where where the you know the enemy was hiding you know uh mortar rounds or artillery rounds inside you know dead animals on the side of the road you know there was like how to hide stuff in plain sight without someone knowing and it just showed me like hey this isn't something new this has been going on for you know forever other than you know you know the trojan horse um you know that that 10th group loves as our uh you know our unofficial mascot in the regiment's you know first crest um it was, it was just it was just cool to, to see that it was still going on because it's not something we talk about right i mean the, the civil wars you know it, it it focuses on you know hey the proclamation pretty, pretty much it's like hey sumter was fired on uh and then you jump to gettysburg and then you jump to appomattox and then you you know and and then you have the assassination and then johnson's in charge and then they start reconstruction and then the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment come in. And then you go into Reconstruction period. Like, there's never there's never anything that dives deep into it other than those, you know, th- those main aspects. And, you know, what I thought was cool, too, is as I was, as I was doing, you know, going through it is, you know, all these generals' names that were popping up were all these, you know, as we're seeing now with everything, it's, you know, all of our military bases, you know, at, at, after Confederate generals. Um, and so I was like, oh, wait, hey, for hood, hood. I'm like, okay, this, this is starting to make sense. And, it, and you can see it travels down. It travels through, you know, Sherman's March, which I thought was really, really cool. Yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, doing the, you know, medical training that, you know, a lot of the big advances in medical uh, knowledge, you know, occurs during wartime. Because you have so much trauma uh, in wartime, and so trauma medicine makes huge advances. And you know that's kind of like what you were talking about. Even when you're researching this book, is is just the ingenuity and the creativity um, that you that you have during wartime because of the necessity of it, and all this right. all the just the crazy inventions that, that that are thought up during during wartime. And quite a few of those, of course, on the Confederate side. Right. And I mean, it's just like, you know, I mean, war is an, it's an evil that happens, but the, like you've noted that the technology and advancements and and science and everything is, you know, it's just crazy. You know, I mean, it's, it's insane, you know, to, just to, to read about it. You know, and then for us, you know, you and, and Paul and myself and other guys like us, you know, to, to see those advancements come along from when we first started the war on terror to, you know, the very end and seeing how everything changed, you know, from, you know, an open back Humvee with two sandbags on the floor and a troop strap to keep you from falling out to yeah. these monstrosity up armored, you know, vehicles, you know, that you have where, you know, your gunner was just the bipod legs of a 240 on the soft top of a Humvee to, you know, this encased thing that he has now. Yeah. That just, I just had flashbacks to the Iraq invasion uh, when we had our soft uh, shelled Humvees 
<laughs> yeah, and a, dude, and, a, and a dude just yeah. hanging out the turret up there. Yeah, you're like, yeah. wow, absolutely. Hey, I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that too, because one thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, it's, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I've heard you uh, answer this before, but the reason why you wanted to write this volume uh, of history is, um, I believe, so that because uh, people don't know, you 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 had a an, uh, a part of history that's really untapped. Uh, a part of history that uh, is missed. And I think that you took a big magnifying glass over uh, a, a huge part of our heritage that often is just dismissed because, you know, he writes, uh, uh, you know, history is won by the victors. And yeah, there's I mean, a there's, lot of this has been missed. Well, there's a lot of the, I mean, there's obviously a lot of writing about the conventional side. Sure. But not, you know, not where, not where Charlie mm-hmm. went. Yeah. So I guess my question is, you wanted to, you really wanted to uh, elaborate on, uh, you know, the war fighting. Uh, you wanted to the, you know, the, all of that ingenuity that was used uh, to develop uh, uh, this network. That often, right. is, if you have a bias, you just dismiss outright, and then you miss a huge part of history because of whatever feelings you have. Something right. like it's that. Just, yeah. No. Yeah. You're exactly right. It's just like now with. I mean, you could see on, on, you know, um, you know, TV right now. And even, yeah. even there's, there's other books coming out there. Hey, you know, World War II from, you know, the, the Japanese perspective, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They were okay. all good. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah, attacked yeah. us. They did, they did this horrible thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, but they were like, hey, we attacked ourselves. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, they're like, Hey, what do we, what do we do? You know, you're, you're cutting our oil. But we're trying to, you know, we, we see this, you know, in their mindset, this was okay for them to invade China, yeah. you know, and, and they're like, hey, it's, it's, you know, globalism or earlier colonialism, if you will. And they're like, hey, why, why are you bashing us for this? If America, you did this, Britain, yeah. you did this, but now it's, but, you know, we're, we're just getting into it, yeah. you know, and I mean, people don't even know that like Japan was our ally in World War One. This is what's, uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, crazy, you know, but absolutely. they're like, hey, we had to do this to defend our way of life. I mean, it came back and bit them in the butt because, you know, they got the only A-bombs in the world. But, you know, but it, it's it's like you like, you know, to Paul, like it's, you know, the winner writes history, yeah. you know, just like if, if we would have lost the revolution, you know, it would have been, you know, bunch of traitors. It would have yeah. been, yeah, yeah it would have yeah, been the yeah. same thing as right now yeah. with the union. The yeah, George, George, the George, yeah, George you know? Washington would have been painted as some sort of Osama bin oh, yeah. Laden of the yeah. of the 18th century. I like yeah, how your would, book was, uh, Charlie. Your book was also penned before we got all woke and crazy, and everybody <laughs> yeah. lost their mind and started pulling down statues. And so that's yeah, what exactly. that's what I like about uh, you know 2015 when it came out. We we all had our brains screwed on a little tighter, I think. A little more yeah. rational. Yeah, no one knew what was coming. Less emotive, you know, and how they weaponized history. 2015, yeah. the good old days. <laughs> Who'd have thought, huh? Who'd have thought? <laughs> but that is refreshing because, uh, you know, as a student of history, like I said, regardless of your, you know, whatever uh, you know, emotions you may have, history's history. This is our right. history. This is the history of the United States. And so this right. is a, a legacy and a heritage that we have uh, that we don't want to lose. You know, 
No, there's uh, some, I mean, the, the book, is, that is some awesome information yeah, in that book. I mean, absolutely. I, you can be like a union-loving, uh, you know, yeah, Confederate whatever. bashing whatever. I mean, and, and you're going to learn a lot from Confederate black ops. Yeah. I mean, plus, plus it, like, in the book, uh, you know, to, like, the union, I mean, there were, uh, you know, members of, you know, the U.S. Congress that were passing off information. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. there were, You know, there were, there were guys like that. So it's, it, it's also, at the same time, like, hey, it's our history – but it's also like, hey, mind your P's and Q's, boys, because, yeah. you know, it, it's that whole thing, loose lips sink ships, you know, from the 40s. But it's like, hey, that, that smallest detail put in the right hands, you know, is is detrimental to a whole operation. You know, it's just like I was watching, you know, the movie, the new movie Midway the other night, you know, and Nimitz was talking to his intel guy. And he's like, hey, Washington, D.C. just said that. You know, uh, whatever whatever the code name was, I think for Midway A, you know, just ran out of water. You know, and then the intel guy says, "Oh, hey, uh, that's funny because, you know, we just <laughs> got a, an, you know, Midway sent out an uncoded message that one of their, you know, one of their pump houses stopped working for their, you know, for their their water supply. You know, and so, and so that whole thing is it's just like that, like that smallest yeah. smallest thing can can change the course of, of a war, you know, and, and if, if, you know, the Confederacy would have had more, uh, you know, would have been more industrialized as the North was, who knows what would have happened. Well, there's been, there's you know, been but a- it was just the way that it's just the way the country was set up, you know, with, with, you know, after, you know, the articles of Confederation and the constitution and everything that happened and how the country, the country was just divided right there. Anyways, they were like, okay, Hey, this is, you guys are going to plant, we're going to produce. And, every, you know, and everybody was happy with it. And that's just the way, you know, the way it was. Well, there's been, a, there's been an interest too lately. I mean, uh, a lot of uh, books have turned into uh, TV miniseries and what have you. I mean, I, I remember Turn. I, I don't know if you've seen all yeah. those. Yeah, yeah I uh, love Turn. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a, again, another really unknown part of American military history. Yeah. Is uh, that entire you know unconventional warfare uh, behind the scenes sort of activity that was going on, and I think that's what you really did with, with the Confederate Black Ops is kind of show that you know it wasn't just you know Lee and uh, McClellan and and folks like that marching around. I mean there was a lot of activity going on both north and south, um, unconventional warfare going on uh, during that time. Right. I mean, like we do, like in, in the book, you know, it talks about like Mosby's Rangers, you know, and, and the definition of a gorilla and why they're they're called that, you know, in, in the whole, you know, that whole thing, which, you know, it's, you know, it, it's the Army's fault that that I dive into definitions, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because it, it's all about, hey, what does this mean? What does this mean? And I mean, you two know, especially when you're teaching, you know, uh, you know, war or op order, you know. <laughs> Words mean things. You yeah, know, nomenclature, when, when nomenclature matters. About, yeah. yeah, and you have to know exactly what you're talking about, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, an L-shaped ambush or the trifecta. The and trifecta, like, What's the tri-? yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you're asking a student what that means, and they're like, I don't know, it's in Mr. LeFevre's book. And you're uh, like, okay, uh, that, that's okay, I guess we'll try it. Uh, you know, so it's it's that whole thing where words mean things. Yeah, you know, and 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 that's what you know. Want to make sure that people understood. It's you know, like getting back to you know, 
Mosby is that there he did more than just you know go around you know the Virginia Front Royal and all that and terrorize you know some of his techniques were are still practiced today you know and uh, you know it, and he was at the same time passing off information you know which people are may say they know but I, I highly doubt that they really knew. Well, this is more. This is more than a mil, uh, American military history, too. Do you? I mean, it's a lot. Of, some of this stuff is family history, isn't it, Tilton? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had to. Oddly enough, I had relatives on both sides. You know, um, I had one who uh, actually was a doctor, who uh, for the union that won the Medal of Honor. Hmm. Uh, then I have another one that he was in the First New Jersey uh, Cavalier, and he was. Uh, one of the guys at uh, Gettysburg, when Stewart led his charge, he was one of the guys that that led, you know, that that met him. Um, and I didn't know about that story till another uh, history uh, or Civil War historian um, that wrote books on that. Uh, it's uh, he wrote a book on Lee's cavalry and uh, Lincoln's cavalry men. And so he gave me those books. Uh, he was a friend of mine, his, his uncle, uh, his books. And, uh, and I read that in there and I was like, holy crap, that's, that's my relative. And, uh, you know, to see that. And then my other, you know, then my Confederate relative who, oddly enough, he, his sect of the family were the only ones to stay in North Carolina and everybody else went to Illinois. And so, you know, uh, John, you know, John F. Childers, was his name and he, and he was there part of the first uh, North Carolina, you know, that was there. And the others were Lukers who my family, you know, my family's been here since, you know, literally the beginning of, of the U S you know, he, he founded Tom's river, New Jersey. And it was, you know, that line that goes all the way back. And so it was pretty, pretty cool to see because, you know, I've done like, like most of us historical nerds, uh, we like to find out where we came from. You know, and that's why I was able to find out my whole family line and finding out that, you know, it was it's that typical movie thing that one of my relatives was legitimately, you know, a teenager and his dad was too old to stand up, you know, against the British. And so he grabbed his dad's musket and said, hey, I'll go do it. And so my family's been involved you know, the whole time, even going back to the Crusades, you know, I had a relative who, who was in the Crusades. Um, so it's 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 pretty cool to see, you know your family history. And it's like, as you noted, Paul, it's history. Yeah. So it's not something to be, you know, be ashamed of, uh, you know, it's like the same lines, you know, uh, my wife, you know, born in Minnesota, you know, she loves it up there. You know, she's like, Hey, I'm a, I'm a Yankee. And then we did our family research and we found, and we found out and I'm like, no, you're actually a root and tootin' Southerner. You know, you had a, I knew it. <laughs> had a, <laughs> well, she had to be, yeah, yeah. otherwise she would have yeah. been putting up with old Charlie there. Yeah, exactly. I, she had a relative that was a, uh, you know, that, that lived in Tennessee. And then she had another one, uh, a great, 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 great grandpa down the line that was um, an actually a cavalryman in Alabama that fought at the Battle of Bentonville in North Carolina. Oh, wow. So we were able, so we went, you know, so we went to that battlefield. So it was pretty cool to, for her, you know, for us to be like, hey, this is where your relative yeah. fought, regardless on which side he was on. It, it, it doesn't, you know. Yeah. Doesn't matter, you know. It's it's it's, it's, it's a family history. It's, yeah, it's, okay. I mean, it's it's right. in it's yeah. in the DNA. I mean, uh, yeah. Listen, how how important was nine eleven? I mean, what can you imagine your life? How much different it would it would be now uh, had nine eleven not occurred? 
uh, when I joined the army. Yeah, I know. I mean, you were you were yeah. in school. I mean, you were going to yeah, be a coach. Yeah, I, at, I mean, yeah, I was at a. I, I mean, at, the last uh, thing was probably uh, on your mind was joining the military. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I was. Yeah, it, it because especially since for some reason as a college student I was at a Texas Lutheran University, which is a private school in Seguin, Texas. Beautiful campus, awesome school. I'm not Lutheran, so it was you know it, it was different for me. But uh, you know, it, it was. I had trouble getting up for my eight o'clock classes, you know, but now I can get up at two or three in the morning and go jump out of an airplane, uh, mm. you know, with ease. But so it was, it was really hard to do that. Um, you know, or, you know, once, once, you know, September 11th happened, you know, uh, I, I joined up, finished out the season. And, and as you noted, Mike, I was, uh, I was coaching football and at, I was coaching high school football at my old high school um, as an intern and it was also a class for me, uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, it was uh, theories of coaching football, so it was an A or an F, and we made it to the playoffs, so I got an A. Um, you know, and, and my plan was just to be a history teacher and a football coach. You know, and then that happened, and I was like, okay, it's as I alluded to, my my family's, you know, grabbed the musket off the wall to defend our nation, so mm. I felt that it's my duty. Okay, you know. I have to do it just, you know, the same as I had a, um, not to get off topic, but I had a, you know, a relative that, um, he, uh, he was an ROTC, you know, up at, um, I believe it was Notre Dame and the U S got attacked right Pearl Harbor. And they were like, Oh, you have so many years ROTC or not a corporal in the army. And they sent him to the Philippines, hmm. you know, and he was in the Patan death March and he was later, um, you know, killed at a POW camp in uh, in the Philippines, Camp O'Donnell number four. So it's just, it, it's that, as you guys alluded to, it's, it's in your DNA. It's that, okay, I'm going to raise my hand and do it because I can, you know, and, and I need to because, you know, the relatives before me have gone and done it. If I don't do it, who's going to, you know, and, and I, I don't want to rely on someone else to, to protect my family or defend their their liberties and rights that are guaranteed to them in the constitution, you know, and, and, you know, and the, you know, the bill of rights. I think it's really important that, uh, you know, this, uh, it seems like, I don't know, I could be a Debbie downer, but in <laughs> some days I feel like America is less patriotic. And so it's always good to, to see that. Uh, Cause I always say that, you know, America lives on in the, the bloodstream of her patriots. And so if, yeah. if everybody else is uh, losing their mind you know, in a large manner of our countrymen, it's the patriots who are going to keep, you know, uh, the compass heading straight. So that's right. always good to hear, you know, that the selfless service of your uh, forebear that, uh, you know, answered the call. And, right. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, well, that, you, that family well, history gets you. Yeah, and you've, and you've, you know, you've done a career. I mean, you're, you're coming to the end of uh, your time. Uh, you you right. decide you decide to make a career of it. Um, how, you know what what's it like now? You know, getting towards the end there and looking back on it, and you know, and thinking about the future. Well, I mean, so you know, I, I was in OIF one right with the eighty second, and uh, I'm not sure if they were regular regular soft or, or guard, but there were some guys there, and as I remember them wearing civilian clothes and ball caps and Oakleys, and you know, as a you know spec four at the time. I was like, hey, man, that looks pretty cool. I want to do that, you know, and, uh, you know, came back, 
spent, stayed my time in, in division and, you know, my, my enlistment was almost up and I just planned on doing four years doing my thing, you know, and then going back to TLU and continue on coaching. Uh, but then you're like, Hey, if I don't go to selection, you know, I'll, I'll never know. And I guess we needed numbers cause I got selected, uh, you know, then went through the course. And then luckily enough, you know, luckily for me, you know, uh, went to 10th group, you know, the first group, the originals, uh, yeah. you know, and, and spent, <laughs> spent my right. full time here. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, what, what I've had in the regiment is, you know, it's, it, it, what's really cool is like, you could tell, like, it's, uh, you know, you could go from being in combat one day to, you know, being in a suit and tie the next day, you know, you, you said, and with us, you have to be able to transition or change from, from, from that guy to the next guy. Uh, you know, and some people may see it as bipolar, you know, because we could go from one thing to the next, or we have, we all have ADD, right. Or ADHD, because we can just transition, um, you know, which I, which I think is why we have so many schools because we get bored easily. You know, you're like, Oh, okay. Hey, I'm a soft sniper. Let me go. What's next. Oh, I haven't done halo. Oh, that sounds like fun. I'll be on a halo team for a couple of years. Oh, let me try this one now. And we just jump around from thing, thing to thing. Like, you know, trying to find the next drill. That's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's just the way we are. It's we're, we're wired way differently. Um, <laughs> you know, than, than the most guys, um, you know, just like anything, you, you've seen it, you, you see it transition for the best. I mean, the the way the regiment is now is nowhere near, you know, just like anybody said, nowhere near when, when I came in. Um, it, it's amazing, right, how, how how they take care of us, how they care about us. Um, like, they, they really do, they, they really do care about us and, and our families. It's not just a, a cliché you know, thing, you I think, know, like, Oh, Hey, we care, but no, like they legitimately do care. Yeah. And I you think know, that's like been, be- I think that's been like, um, military wide and maybe soft eventually got there. I don't know. Or maybe they led the way, but I remember military wide, it was kind of like, you know, once they were done with you, they were kind of done with you. But, uh, I, I think the military has, has definitely, um, worked very hard to try to, make sure that, you know, we were prepared for, you know, civilian clothes once, once we were done. And and that's the cool thing is, you know, like once I, you know, dropped my retirement packet to retire, you know, they were like, Hey, you know, you have to do your army stuff still, right? Yeah. You still have to do your army stuff, but start focusing on your transition, you know, which is really cool because you saw Cass is this 24 month, you know, Hey, 24 months, you should be starting this to start transitioning out you know where mother army has 12 months you know and they they've been really awesome with me with you know and and you know letting guys do internships to make sure we're ready to go you know make sure hey what do you need and it's not hey i need you to come in and do this what do you, it's what do you need from us how close how close are you to retirement now uh six months do you have anxiety <laughs> no, and I, and, I, and I say this because, you know, the way it used to be, it, it's, you know, I, I think the you know, guys went through a lot of anxiety. I mean, it was mm-hmm. like, it's like, man, retirement's coming up and like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I and, laugh. Yeah. Hey, I laugh because, uh, you know, if I can sneak in there, Charlie, before you answer. Yeah. 
Uh, I retired in 2009, and uh, for about a month or two, I thought, my life's over. Yeah. Now what am I going to do? So I absolutely had anxiety. I thought, oh, I didn't yeah. really have something lined up. Like, I think a lot of us don't. And uh, strangely enough, I stayed right here in Fort Bragg. But that's what's so good about listening about this 24-month sort of transition because I think yeah. it I think it plays a lot in kind of just helping guys get their mind right. Yeah, and I did the ACAP yep. stuff, and I did all the, the, you know, all the mandatory briefings, and still I felt like my life's over. Because, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, oh, yeah. it's totally different uh, way of thinking and – and I still think like I'm in, and sometimes I forget I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not in anymore. But especially when you're standing well, in the draw, right? Yeah, we kind of cheat a <laughs> yeah. little bit too. We're kind of like half in, half out. You know, those yeah. dirty, smelly contractors. But yeah. um, no, I mean, I think I'm just really glad to hear what you're talking about. I mean, 24 months and you know, being able to do uh, you know the internships and and kind of think yeah. about what you're going to do and what life's going to be like and. You know, I mean, the, it's not honest, just, would, it's not just would, you. It's like the wife's got to get ready too, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's – to be honest, I wasn't planning on leaving because, you know, to say I was I was thinking, well, what am I going to do? You know, there, there's not a job out there for a guy who's going to place a charge on the door, you know, in the civilian sector. I can't, you know, you know exactly do that unless I'm going to go be a cop, you know. Or, I mean, honestly, I, I was looking at, okay, I don't want to be a cop. But hey, you know, I could be, you know, uh, you know, I was like, okay, how about Border Patrol? What do they have? Okay, what about, you know, uh, you know, uh, Texas Game Wardens, right? Uh, and stuff like that. I was like, something where I still have, you know, an M4 in my vehicle and a pistol on my side, you know, where, where you know, where it's like that. But I didn't want to, but then at the same time, I didn't want to be that guy the rest of my life. You know, where where you have other buddies who are just contractors for their life, like nothing against, you know, Ox, you know, with Ox, like he was doing, right? He was like, oh, I'm not SET anymore. I'm going to go do this thing. He legitimately doing the same thing, you know, just fighting Somali pirates. But, and so that's where I was, you know, I was like, well, I'll just stay in because it's comfortable. I've been here for so long. It's, it's comfortable. And, uh, my old football head coach, the guy, uh, you know, that took me under his wing when I was coaching at, at Texas Lutheran University um, when I was attending that school, his daughter go, attends the Air Force Academy. And uh, he was up here and uh, he came to come see his daughter. Uh, his name's uh, Coach Havron, Lyndall Havron. Uh, he came up here and we met with him and stuff. And he said, you have your degree, right? And I said, yes, sir. He said, you're retiring. And I said, well, no, no, I'm not retiring. I'm going to, I'm going to stay in, you know, maybe I'll make our major one day, you know? And he's like, no, no, you've done, you've done. He calls me Chuck to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he just does it to piss me off. But, uh, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he said, Hey, Chuck, you're retiring. You, you've done your time. You, you've done your time for our country. Now, now it's time to, you know, settle down and live a normal, normal-esque life. And so he told me, hey, here's how you're going to do it. Here's a process, you know, and I did my, uh, you know, my alternate TT certification, you know, online, talked to another uh, guy. His name's Austin Randall, who played at the Air Force Academy, I uh, played football with that now he coaches at Judson High School in San Antonio. Uh, he did the same thing. 
and then you know going through this whole process and you know i'm like okay i finished it but then you're like oh is this really what i want to do i could still yank my packet you know and then then like you mentioned paul like it's the it's the anxiety yeah are, are they are they gonna hire me can i be hired you know and one of my old coaches is a um a superintendent at an isd in texas and uh, i asked him to look over my stuff and I, I was on the phone with him and uh you know, he said, Hey, he's like, no, this, what you have is amazing. I've never seen anything like it. He said, the only problem I see is you, um, you may be overqualified. Mm. He's like, looking at everything you've done, I don't know if I have a job, you know, if I could have a job for you. Mm. He's like, you know, that's not a big concern to me because I know you. He's like, but it may be a concern for other schools. Like, mm. do I actually have a place for this guy? Because, you know, he's like looking at, at your resume and everything you've done you know, everything teaching wise, right? Like everything we do in the Q course, right? Uh, you know, as an instructor, he's like, my educators don't have, you know, that much time or experience or everything you've done around the world. And, and you know, whether on, you know, Jay's head to bylaws or combat, and I, you know, and then I was like, crap, is anybody going to hire me? <laughs> you know, what's going to happen? Hey, um, hey yep. Charlie, I was going to ask you, uh, what do you, what's your what do you aspire to do next? Yep. So that that's it. So what what happened with all of that is, uh, you know, I ended up I pretty much got an offer. Uh, so we're going to be head down to Texas soon to coach high school football um, in a small town uh, about an hour and a half southwest or southeast of San Antonio. So mm-hmm. what's cool about that is the head coach is a veteran, and four of his coaches on the staff are vets. You, you know what's so, you know what's like so cool about that is because so here here it is like you know early September right two thousand one, which this is exactly where you were going at that time, right? You took this hiatus for about twenty something years, yeah. Okay, you know, sir, you know, did your time, you know, um, you know, fulfilled the family tradition, if you will, and now you're right back where you know you were planning on going anyway, right? But yeah, but what a different Charlie Tilton. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. And, and I and I think you know SF and honestly like being with guys like y'all that you know, you know because we all come as instructors and and you know you try to figure out which guy am I, you know, and you're yelling and screaming and all this other stuff, and then you guys showed me how to actually teach and lead, and you know the football internship I just finished that's what I did, mm. you know it, it's it, it's cool because you know you have to think like you know sut you have kids and you have, you have to get them to believe and listen and trust in you within days you know because they're the rest of their sf career counts on it right and so uh it, it's the same thing in football you know you gotta these kids have to be like oh you have you have to win them win them over right it's you're essentially coming in uh for robin sageism is you know, it's it's like you're that team leader coming in and instead of, you know, and you're coming into the G chief and all of his his gorillas, you know, yeah. or his freedom fighters. And you're like, OK, you know, what do I do? These kids don't want, you know, three cases of MREs. How, how am I going to, you know, how, how do I, you know, bond with them or get them to trust me? Mm. Um, and so th- that's what's really cool. It's just it's seen it from a different perspective. And I think, you know, being with guys like y'all and you know, and, and, you know, some other guys and even, you know, fellow peers out in the Q course, 
well, I mean, you know, you, are going to ma- are going to make me a better coach. Well, you you you, you know you probably played high school football. I did. Yeah. I mean, aren't and, you kind of like and, just going like okay? You just you just going pre basic training here. I mean, you're you're still developing warriors, the oh, next yeah. generation of warriors. You're just you're oh, just yeah. catching them way earlier now. Yeah, and that's what you know, Coach Howard and I talked about that. And what's funny is is he's an Army brat, which I didn't know he was born at Bragg. You know, and, and him and I were talking about that and. You know, and he said the similar he said the similarities between football and the army are he's like it's it's amazing. You know, he's like it's the same thing. It's the planning, it's you know the nomenclature, right? Because every defense has different nomenclatures or offense, right? And you have to know it. Uh, you know, just like when I taught small unit tactics, I started writing. You know, I drew football plays up, so students would understand how stuff moves and how it'd be audible, and then transition that into you know. Okay, squall on a column fire team wedge is the same as North Scoop right, except we're not handing the ball off. We're going to do this. And then, you know, it helped the students transition. Uh, you know, so it, it's, it's, it's that whole thing. It, just, it ties together. As Havron said, you know, like if you go, you know, three and out and you punt, he's like, well, that's the battle. You can win all the, you can lose all the battles, you know, or lose so many of them. He's like, but the field, the, the overall game is the war. That's what you want to win. So you can't you can't dwell on these little tiny losses. You just have to think, okay, hey, just just as we would in the military, hey, I just lost this battle. What did I do wrong? How do I learn from that? And then make that change for the next series. Well, I think it's great that you're you're heading back home to Texas. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's just you know, I, it's it's you know, you can make a movie about this, but uh, yeah, I know. One time you were toying around with the idea of actually doing a book about the Texas Rangers. Yeah. So that one I am still working on Mike and it is extremely long. (laughs) So it's, it's just, it's a lot of research and it's a lot of, you know, I want to make sure with the, the history behind those guys and what they did, you know, that it, um, you know, that it is done correctly. Right. And it's the same, it, you know, it's just like talking about the Confederacy, you know, st- stuff that the Rangers did, you know, would be, would be, um, you know, c- could be seen by some people as, as, as wrong, you know, just like when they, you know, attack, you know, Native American tribes or, you know, or, or did this, you know, quote unquote massacre or what have you, you know, it's, it, it's all who, as <laughs> As Paul alluded to, who wins the war writes the history. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's you know it's taking the the actions that the Rangers did and breaking them down into a, like a military perspective. So it's you know I'm using you know uh, you know all of our overlays and everything like that. So that's what's taken the the you know a good chunk of my time because I want to make sure. I get it right and not, you know, not have some officer down the line, you know, push his glasses up and be like, oh, that doesn't look right, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to make sure it's it's clean and crisp and as, as good as I can get it to, you know, honor those guys who are, you know, who are still around. I mean, I remember in college seeing some Texas Ranger. You see any Texas Ranger, you know, and, you know, it, it'd be like seeing Ronald Reagan right now. You know, everybody's just like gets quiet and hush and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's a Texas Ranger look at that guy. It's a Texas Ranger, you know, and he could be 350 pounds and five foot, 
but you know you're like it's a texas ranger it doesn't matter you know it's, it's the lore behind them yeah it's a, it's an organization with a definitely a, a proud history um been, right. around, been around a while they've got they've got uh a lineage to, and they got a story to tell for sure uh, i know you're passionate about it so i'm sure the book's going to be phenomenal how's the family right. how's the family doing oh they're they're uh, they're ready to move. They're they're excited. They're ready to go. Oh yeah, they're they're ready. Cooper Cooper and Ash are they're ready to go to Texas. Hey, you know what? They're ready uh, to get back to the homeland. <laughs> hey Charlie, what's also important yep. is another quote, um, and it is, uh, "He who controls history controls the future." Uh, that comes out of 1984. But uh, th- there's uh, there's a lot to that. I think uh, to writing books like these. Uh, that uh, reminds people of the contributions, you know, of all Americans, you know, right. the history that we have, and it's it's our history, and uh, you know, because people, uh, there has to be pushback to uh, people losing their minds, uh, oh, yeah. to uh, the the wokeness and the cancel culture, and uh, and all those things that are crazy. So I, it's always good to see that you know we have a, a book like this that's uh, going to capture. Uh, you know the uh, the fighting spirit and the embodiment of those those people that lived on the frontiers, and then uh, uh, their contribution to war fighting. You know, as as we oh, yeah. are uh, we are uh, students of war, and uh, so we want to we we don't want that to be lost uh, to you know every wind of uh, you know emotive political uh, winds. You know, and so that's good. Oh yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad that, that, that you're thinking about that. And that's what's cool about the like the, you know, as, as you alluded to the other the other book, the Aggie joke book. Yeah. You know, and that's what's so cool about that is yeah, it's it's full of all these jokes that you know you grow up as a kid in Texas saying, you know, and you're like, you know, like uh, I put in the book like nine percent of the time you had no idea what it meant, but you all laughed because you want to seem like the weirdo that didn't get the joke. Um, hmm. you know, but then I list the Medal of Honor winners in there, and you know it's. And, and that's why I think it's super cool. You guys are, are, you know, publishing that book also, you know, with the proceeds going to fund this, this scholarship for the Corps of Cadets. As I worked with so many Aggies, uh-huh. you know, in, in, in the regiment that, you know, I'm like, wow, you, you're good guys. You know, and if this is a university that produces these kind of soft guys, whether it's enlisted or, or an O, you know, I'm, if we can help contribute to that, then why not? And, you know, like visiting the, the, a&M campus, it's, you know, it used to be a military college and it's so, well, the, the traditions there, it's, you get emotional as a vet seeing the stuff they had there for us. You know, it's, it, it's amazing. You know, like, uh, you know, one of them is out, out, outside one of the buildings and uh, there's signs on there that say, do not walk on the grass just around mm-hmm. the building. And Cooper said, well, why? Well, that grass represents every single person who served our nation their death Mm. so it it signifies them dying on the ground and so it's it's you know it's it's a if you will memorial to them and once you go inside it's hush hush it's whisper only to show respect for all the service members that have lost their lives Mm. and you know i'm like where else can you find that (laughs) well it ain't gonna be it ain't gonna be harvard or yale yeah no (laughs) (laughs) yeah nice 
Man, yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's just really cool. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things about Texas. I mean, that's just yeah. kind of, that's kind of an example. I mean, that's that's the that's really. I mean, Texas is a little different. Okay, it's just a little different than everywhere yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why we love it. I mean, everyone, you know, yeah, my God, everyone's moving there, right? Oh yeah, I mean, everybody's moving there, and you know, just like I, I have a bumper sticker on my truck that says, you know, I'm from Texas. What country are you from? You know, it's just it, it it's just our way. You know. It, Texans are, are like Navy SEALs. You know, we're, we're going to let you know. You know, you don't have to ask me. I'm going I'm to let you know. <laughs> nice. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to find a way to bring it into a conversation yeah. regardless. You know, you're like, oh, hey, yeah. Hey, these pine trees and pine land are pretty tall. And then I'll be like, good. oh, hey. No, I mean. Texas. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if this, like that. If, this con- <laughs> yeah, if this country survives, it's going to be because yeah. of guys like Charlie Tilton in Texas yeah. teaching their son how to play dodgeball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very nice. You know, I mean, that's what it's about. I mean, we're we're Americans and we play dodgeball. And you need to be able to, you know, take the rubber ball upside the head and not cry about it. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't win the trophy, you don't win it. I mean, these are, you know, these are like fundamental American values that unfortunately you have to go to a place like Texas now to, you know, to still experience them. Yeah. And which is which is really cool with, you know, with the um, you know, with with as you mentioned like you know, for instance, like with Texas, there's um, one of the guys, he's a retired fifth group guy. I know, uh, but he's a, he's a fifth group guy uh, angry named Nate fifth Young. Group guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very angry. Uh, you know, and he's at Texas A&M and he's, he's helping with this program uh, that they had there, uh, this veterans program that A&M instituted hmm. that if you're a vet and you want to coach a sport, regardless of what the sport is, you know, you can attend the university whether online or in person and like they, they provide mentorship for you Yeah, it's awesome. with coaches and, you know, and then they've, they've joined with this other organization that I joined called the uh, soldiers, the sidelines, which is, is phenomenal. What, you know, um, any, any sport you can think of, essentially they, they have clinics that you can attend online or in person. Um, and, and they help you transition, you know, they're, they're, and it's, you know, created by this guy, Harrison Bernstein, and, uh, you know, who has no, no military background, whatever, just out of respect for us, he created this. And you have college and professional coaches, you know, from, you know, everywhere, you know, doing this. Like, for instance, there's a lacrosse one coming up in January and Coach Tyranny, um, who's won nine NCAA lacrosse championships. He's up here at the University of Denver. He's one of the keynote speakers for it. You know, in their whole, and I've, I've talked with them. I've been to them, you know, been over there to their campus, talked with their players and their coaches. And they're all about just like, hey, what it, it's, it's, it's unknown, but they're here to help us. How can we help you? What do you want to do? And, you know, and what was cool is with, you know, with Soldier Sidelines, they were like, hey, what do you want to do? I'm like, coach football. And they're like, where? Texas. Okay, where? Uh, the Hill Country. No, where? Like if you tell them like an exact town, you know, Hey, I'd like to coach in, I don't know, Ingram. They're like, okay. You know? And so they try to help you find somewhere around there or at that location, you know? And it's part of that. Like you, like you said, Mike, that 24 month period, these guys are like, you know, trying to help out. So we, so we don't have the anxiety, you know, like I'm six months out and I'm, I'm good. You yeah, know, you, I you don't, sound I don't, great. You sound, you sound about anything. Yeah, you sound great. You sound like you're ready to go. I mean, the family sounds like they're excited. 
Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, th- I think it's just a, it's a storybook. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, the fact that you're actually going to go do what you, what you originally planned to do, yeah. you know, after military service is almost like, it's almost like weird. It, it is because I, I noted that, you know, my fear was, Oh, they're not going to hire me and it, nothing against you two guys or other contractors. Right. Uh, you know, I was like, Oh man, I'm just going to end up staying here at Fort Carson and, and being the guy that drives around in the truck as range control, checking people's stuff, you know, or I'm going to end up being a security guard at, yeah, we need at, Wo- at Womack, you know, <laughs> yeah. checking ID cards, you know, and, and, and not uh, to take away. I mean, I'm yeah. glad those jobs yeah, yeah. are there. I mean, I, you know, I think it's awesome that guys can rotate into jobs like that, but I think it's phenomenal that you're actually going back to your original plan. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's why I say it's, it's not a ding on them, but, I was like, well, if I'm getting out, I want to get out. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't want to, you know, but at the same time I had grandfathers who got out and they were, they practically went crazy because they didn't know what to do with themselves. Yep. I mean, my grand, my grandfather was in the Navy and every time he opened the van door, he'd say all ashore going ashore. You know, he, he never broke that from himself, you know? And, and you know, so I'm mm-hmm. like, what was he talking about? You know, it's like, Oh, getting off the ship when he was yeah. you know, in the Navy back in the forties and fifties. So I'm like, oh, okay, I guess that's what he means. You know, and I, I don't want to, I mean, the Army's never going to leave me. You know, South's never going to leave me. Um, you know, but but it, like you said, Mike, it, it's it's a great way to transition and have this opportunity. It's just, it's amazing. And having the book on my resume helps out a lot. Yeah, two books. When, <laughs> yeah, two books. When people see that, you know, they're like, uh you know, that's what I asked. I was like, are they going to care? You know, yeah. you know, and I was told, uh, yeah, there's not many high school yeah. teachers that have a published book. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that, that helps out. I mean, it's not, it's not Paul's, you know, it's, it's not, there's this giant handbook, you know, yeah. well, but at least, I, at least my name's in, at least my name's in the forward. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, you and everybody else freaking gave them the material for it. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Paul just kept great notes. Yeah. yeah, Charlie. <laughs> hey, it's it's an honor to have you on the Pinelander yeah, podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Hey, and uh, and uh, my best, our best wishes to Ashley and Cooper as you guys uh, transition out of the military, go down to the great state, the Lone Star State of Texas, yeah. and do great things down there. That's right, to the Republic. And I'm glad <laughs> that there's uh, there's some good guys down there because there's a lot of other people moving there. So I know you yeah. can keep them straight. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah there's a yeah. there's a lot of there's still a lot of good ones yeah. oh yeah absolutely hey brother uh it's an honor to have you on and for those listening again uh it's he's the author of confederate black ops uh and the aggie jokes this is charlie tilton a uh, good friend of mike and i and uh, one heck of a mile american uh, and i'm uh, proud to have you as part of one of our authors on the blacksmith publishing team Brother, it's been a great podcast. Thank you, brother. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, man.